Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. We knew there was a shifting that was taking place. We knew 2017 was going to be a very different year. But man, the more I talk to people, the more everyone's like saying the same thing. It's like, what the heck is happening in 2017? There's a lot of people coming under attack. There's a lot of people that are, that are, that are suffering in the area of stress and, and just pressure and just things that have gone crazy in their personal lives and their families' lives and things of this nature. And it's like, you're, like, you're just like, like, just like, just Lord, peace. Peace, peace. We just want to speak peace. And you want, when you speak peace, you want peace to come back at you, right? And so everybody is looking for peace. Everyone's looking for stability. And, and this is what mankind has, has been seeking and striving from day one. Um, people change careers. They'll move from relationship to relationship just in order to obtain some measure of peace. And it always seems like it escapes us. That we're talking about peace as that state of being uh, that, that we are all seeking after and that we are encouraged to, to follow after in the Word. The Word of God tells us to follow after peace. The Word tells us to live at peace. If it's possible, live at peace with all, with all people. But how many know sometimes it just ain't possible? <laughs> of course, you know, it's always their fault. People will go to the lengths of restricting themselves to some kind of extreme regimen just to experience a little bit of that peace. Yet for the most part, it escapes us. Some people, unfortunately, we all know them. You may be sitting here tonight. Some people will even stay in abusive, horribly abusive relationships just because every once in a while there's a little glimmer of peace. And so just when you're ready to get out of that thing, all of a sudden things calm down and you go, okay, well, everything's all right now. Well, we'll wait till next week shows up. And you know what I'm talking about. We, we, we need peace. Uh, those little short intervals of peace are not enough for us to really live in such a way that it kind of meets the standard that Jesus desires for us to have. Remember, he said he came to this earth to bring us life and to give it to us in superabundance. And when, when, when peace eludes us, when it escapes us, when we're not, when we're not, when our life is not anchored in that peace, it's, you, it's very hard to experience abundant life. There's always something there. You're always walking on eggshells. You always feel like you're walking through a minefield. Anybody know what I'm talking about or am I talking to myself tonight? We're here. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 states that God is the originator of that state of being called peace. And now, you know, you need to pay attention to this. Listen, because we do everything we possibly can to get peace, it escapes us because we think it has to start with us. Yet, in 1 Corinthians 14, it states very clearly, for God is not the author of confusion, but of what? Peace. Peace. He's the author. We could say it this way. He's the originator. It starts with him. It finishes with him. There is no peace without the presence of God. There's false peace. 
Has anybody ever experienced a false peace? Has anybody ever experienced it? Well, maybe you have an opportunity for change in your life, and, and, and you convince yourself this is the way it should be. And, and, you get, and, and because you, you order it according to yourself, you, you plan it, you formulate it, you, you kind of like state where the boundaries are going to be. In other words, you put this thing together. And then you convince yourself that you have peace over it. And then all of a sudden, when it comes to pass, it explodes. And you realize, wow, it wasn't God. That was me. I put that whole thing together. Now, the dangerous part is, when you put something together, you have to maintain it. And there's some things in our life that you and I can't maintain on our own. We need the peace of God. And thank God that it starts with him. I want to center this entire message around this scripture in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 26, verse 3. I'm going to read it. It's a very familiar verse of Scripture, and then we're going to tear this thing apart. Okay, because we need to know the mechanics of peace. You and I cannot continue to walk through life like peace is just going to fall out of sky. It's just going to, it's just going to just out of nowhere. No, peace originates with a person. And if, if you're not connected with that person, then it's impossible for you to experience that peace. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Verse 4 goes on to say, Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, and don't get, don't get distracted by that Yah, that's just a Hebrew uh, rudimentary name of God. The Lord, for in Yah, Adonai, is everlasting strength. It's in him. It's in him. You know, Peace and strength seem to go together. When we're in a place of strength, we have peace. But very rarely, there's a person who's not strong, able to experience peace. Now, you got peace in a storm, and all hell may be breaking loose around you. But when you are convinced of the truth of this scripture, everything can be falling to pieces around you, but there is a strength on the inside that causes you to stand. There's a strength on the inside that causes you not to fall to pieces as everyone around you may have, be, have been experiencing. The Living Translation puts it this way. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All those whose thoughts, here we go now, watch this, are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always, for the Lord God is the eternal. Now, biblical peace is not the absence of challenges or problems but the assurance of God's presence during those times. Think about this. Many times, think about how many times you've prayed for peace. Think about how many times maybe you might have come up here and asked somebody to pray for you for peace. Yet peace has got to affect the thought life. Peace, biblical peace, is a result of you understanding the truth of the word of God. Very few people can really experience the peace of God without knowing the word of God. I'm going to say that again. You experiencing peace is not going to be dependent on who prays for you, how many times people lay hands on you, if you fall down, if you stand up, if you shake, if you get goosebumps, if you pray in tongues, you don't pray in tongues. Peace of God is always going to be dependent on your knowledge of his word. So let's put it this way. The more knowledge of his word, the more peace. We say it the same for faith. The more knowledge of the word of God, the more faith we can walk in. 
Amen? So then we need to do our homework because too many Christians don't really know what the Word of God has to say about the subject of peace. Now, it's very fashionable right now for people to do research on topics such as like health and nutrition, diet and nutrition, okay? We'll go online. You may be up to two, three o'clock in the morning researching this because somebody told you about a program, somebody told you about, you know, a uh, 15-minute exercise three times a week, you lose 100 pounds in a month. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? A couple of weeks ago, I saw something online, five things not to feed your kids. Oh, Lord Jesus, I was going through them. I'm, I'm, I'm like sending it to my daughter-in-law. I'm sending it to my family. Stop feeding the kids this and stop feeding. We'll, we'll do the homework. You hear what I'm saying? You know, you know, 10 things to eat to, to extend your life. And, and, and it always comes. Ice cream is never on that list. <laughs> I don't understand it. So, so what I'm saying is this, we'll do the homework on those kind of fashionable things. But yet, the things that, that mean the most to us and the things that are going to affect us the most, we just leave to, to, to chance. And just feel like, they, well, you know, if God wants me to have that, oh, give me that garbage. You know better than that. Do the homework. There is nothing like when God leads you by his spirit. There is no experience in life like when God leads you to a particular scripture. And, and it may be a scripture you may have, have read a hundred times. But in that particular season of life, all of a sudden, that scripture jumps off the page. Does anybody know? Has anybody had that experience? Here? There is nothing like that. But, but it almost always happens that and I've had it happen here, even, you know, even here at church, at staff, and, you know, ministry. I may come in, or somebody may come and go, oh, my God, man, the Lord just showed me this scripture last night. And the other person's like, oh, that's nice. Why? Because it's not theirs. It's not theirs. And, and I'm not saying that the scripture doesn't belong to them. It's just it's not alive to them because they didn't go looking for it. You did. And God led you to it. And so when, that, when God leads you to a particular scripture, in whatever season of life you're in, whatever you're going through, whatever challenge you're facing, that scripture is going to become your sword. That scripture is going to become life to you. That's, it's yours. Nobody can take that away from you. And so that's why it's so important for you to go and do the homework for yourself. And don't wait until it's an emergency situation. You know, if you've got to wait to call the alarm company while somebody's breaking through your, your, your window, I don't think it's going to have too much of an effect. Are you listening? Yeah. Train yourself. Do the homework. Here it says, put that scripture back up again, Isaiah 26, 3. Look at this. You will keep in perfect peace, perfect peace, perfect peace. So that tells me if there's a perfect peace, that there tells me there's a peace that's and here, and honestly here the thought really is if we were reading this in Hebrew and if we were Hebrews, we would understand it more because it's kind of a play on words here. Okay? It's 
complete peace or shalom peace. In other words, shalom, shalom. Complete completeness. Now, now, now whose responsibility is it to keep us in that? Okay, now, now watch this now. No, no, you don't have to go back to that. Go back to that, verse three. I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I like it. Let's look at this. Again, let, let's, let's, let's put ourselves in the picture here. All right? Isaiah, obviously, is hearing from the Holy Spirit. But in picture form, picture it this way. Isaiah is standing here, and he's watching interaction between God the Father and man. And he's watching this interaction, and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he, he is reporting what he's seeing. And he says this to the Father, you will keep him in what? Perfect peace, all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. New Living Translation. Go back to New King James. Whose mind is what? Stayed. Stayed. Not visits. Stayed. Not shows up once in a while. But what? Come on. Stayed. How about if we use this word? I don't think it would harm it. Whose mind is anchored in you. Whose mind is obsessed with you. Whose mind is focused on you because he trusts you. You see this picture? Isaiah is seeing the interaction. And he's saying, he's saying now, now the desired goal is perfect peace. But he can't accomplish perfect peace without you. Therefore, because he trusts in you, and I can't help but tie this to Psalm 91. Oh my gosh, I can't go there because then I'll never finish this tonight. <laughs> he is focused on you. And so you, therefore, are free to keep him in what? Perfect peace. Now listen, this isn't easy. If this was easy, everybody would be doing it and we'd all be walking in peace 24-7. But we live a life that's very distracted very busy. We get focused on the minor things and we forget about the major things. And let me tell you something, okay? Where the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is missing it the most right now, I'm not talking about new beginnings, I'm talking about the church, especially here in America. We're missing it in the basics. The basics. The basics are being forgotten. The basics are not being, not being uh, practiced and not being rehearsed and not being focused upon. And yeah, 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 I know that. And sometimes even you hear a scripture. If I was to, if I was to start this, the, the message tonight with John 3.16, most of you would have shut down. Yeah, oh yeah, I know that scripture. We're missing it in the basics. We're, let me put it to you this way. Many of us are missing out on our peace because we're missing the basics. Oh, we want to get caught up in discussions about all kinds of controversial topics. We want to talk about the hot topics. We want to talk about, you know, what can you say, Pastor? Some of you came here tonight thinking, well, let me go to church because when I leave, I'll feel good. 
If all I did was make you feel good, I've failed. I've failed. Because we're missing it in the basics. We're missing it. And we're tolerating stuff. And we're allowing things to come in that we never would have allowed years ago. Come on. This peace that we're, we're, we're seeking after originates with God. It is not so much our human efforts. This is extremely important because you can lose your peace trying to find it. If you think it depends so much on you, you're going to lose your peace trying to find it. You become a striver, and strive, striving is a peace killer. Peace does not originate with man. Yet, read your history books. Man is constantly trying to make peace. And most of what man calls peace today is really the stronger force imposing a dictatorship that stops all expressions of the smaller, weaker group. And that absence of violence is called, called peace. But there's no peace there. There's no peace. It's not perfect peace. It's not shalom, shalom. It's not complete, satisfying peace. Only God makes true peace. The only thing we can do is enter into it. Now, we'll, we'll say stuff like, you know, well, you know, I just, you know, I want to create an atmosphere of peace in my home. So let me go get these kind of candles. <laughs> let me have this kind of music. Maybe I should change this color scheme because there's certain colors that are peaceful. Don't, definitely don't want any red in my house. <laughs> Maybe some nice blues and some muted grays. And so we do all these man-made things. But honey... If Jesus ain't in the house, it don't matter what candles you light. It don't matter what music you play. It don't matter what color scheme you If Jesus ain't in the house, there's not going to be any peace. His presence brings peace. The greatest thing you could do is to fill your house full of prayer. Fill your house full of worship. Cut out the junk. Cut out the distractions. How am I going to finish this tonight? Now look at this. He said perfect peace comes from the presence of God. It's available to those whose mind is stayed on him. That m the mind is that place where thoughts, opinions, and attitudes are formed. And so what it's saying here is that when our thoughts, our opinions, our attitudes are established and grounded and set and anchored in him, then we experience peace. He is the source of all stability. He is the source of all wisdom. He's the source of all refuge and source. But you don't understand, Pastor. You don't understand. I need a lot of wisdom because I'm facing a situation right now. You don't understand, Pastor. I need a lot of, 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 of grace. I need a lot of empowerment. I need a lot of authority. I need a lot of understanding. I need a lot of... And they're all found in him. If you seek after him and the way he does things... All these things will be what? Added. And all these what? Things. Come on. Come on. Joe remembers. And, and all these things. Come on. Put your hand down on the side. Because they're not central. They're side issues. And all these what? Things. Will be what? Added. But who's got to be the center? Him. Not the things. But you don't understand, you don't, no, 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 it doesn't matter whether I understand or not. 
the, the, the fact of the matter is you got to understand that that which you're seeking for is a person, not a thing. If you keep seeking after a thing, if you keep seeking after this thing, you're never going to find the peace because the peace doesn't reside in you getting the thing. Because we all know plenty of people who've gotten things but still have no peace. Is this making sense tonight? Peace starts in the mind. The mind that's focused on him. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, amplified version. For though we walk or live in the flesh, we're not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical. They're not weapons of flesh or blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of what? Strongholds. Where do strongholds exist? In the mind. And as much as we refute arguments, where do arguments take place? Come on, guys. You go to sleep. Where do arguments take place? Where do you have your arguments? Do you have your, your arguments exist out here? Where do they start? Man, man if he says it one more time, I'm going to let him. And if, and if he, where, where does that start? In the mind. You had that argument three days before it comes out. So we refute arguments and theories. Where do theories exist? And reasonings, where do they exist? And every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, where does that exist? And we lead every thought, where does that exist? We lead every thought and purpose away, captive into the obedience of Christ. What are you doing? You're taking right into that place of focus. You're taking right into that. Distraction? No, 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 no. No, you're not taking away my peace. Come here. Let me introduce you to Jesus. Strongholds, fortresses. You go visit in Europe. You know, when I was in Europe as a teenager, you know, what else is there to do there? They, they take you to buildings that are over 300 years old, thousands of years old. Walk down streets where people walked two, 3,000 years ago. You look at these, these ruins of these temples and these fortresses and even some of the cathedrals. They weren't built in like three days. They weren't built in three years. They weren't built, some of them were built over three centuries. Stone by stone, brick by brick, block by block over, over decades. And that's the same thing that happens in our mind if we're not careful. And every one of those fortresses is built to keep you away from peace. To keep you in a place of agitation to keep you in a place of instability. Because you see, when you're outside of the peace of God is where we make the biggest screw-ups of our life. The worst thing you and I could ever do is to make major decisions outside of that place of peace. Don't do it. Don't do it. But the same way those things were, were built, they can be broken down. They can be busted up. Those blocks can come out. Those bricks can come down. The enemy robs us of peace by getting our mind stayed on perceived lack. This is important. Even if this is, if this is as far as I get, I want to spend some time here. The enemy robs you and I of peace by bringing to mind continuously perceived lack. Look what they have. 
look what he has. Look at the house they live in. Look at the car they drive. For me, it's I'll ride down the street. Lord, why do you give these people this big church building? They got nobody in there. <laughs> Lord, why can't you give us this property? Why don't you? That's my, my perceived lack. The enemy will keep you in constant turmoil over perceived lack. Sometimes it's perceived lack of education. Constantly just battered. Battering our minds. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not connected enough. You're not. And, and it keeps us out of peace. We've got to get a hold of that. Do we honestly think that God is not capable of giving us everything we need for this season of life that we're in? Is he not capable? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And he's very capable of providing that. But we need to have patience. Because sometimes we're not ready for the thing that we think we desire the most. We're not ready. We're not ready. And so that peace eludes us because we, we, have our th we have our eyes on something perceived to be lack, perceived to be an injustice, perceived to be something that's being denied us. And yet if we would focus on God and realize that our sufficiency is in him, that we in reality can do all things through Christ who strengthens us from within, which is a reality of life. We have to guard our thoughts. We have to make sure that we're staying focused on him. We have to make sure that we are, are resisting and denying the empowerment of distractions in our lives. Listen to me. There is a humanity that does not know Christ yet that is depending on the church. And if the church is messed up, and if the church is distracted, if the church is, is preoccupied with the wrong things, the way the church goes, the rest of the country goes. Why do you think this country's in the shape it's in? We want to blame politicians. We want to blame organizations. We want to bring, blame groups. We want to blame uh, uh, philosophies. But the fact of the matter is if the church was, was occupied with the things we're supposed to be occupied with, if we were not distracted, if we didn't have our eyes on everything else except Jesus, if we were uh, single-minded and our hearts were not disjointed, we would be able to hear from the Holy Spirit and he would tell us 10 years in advance what to pray for. And we'd be able to change some things. Not for the fact that we could say, well, it's a Christian country. For the fact that we could say, we got this country saved. Amen. And people are not going to go to hell because of us. Perfect peace. It's ours. For the, for, for, it's ours for the taking. You, Father, will keep us in perfect peace when our minds are stayed on you. Now what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? I was reading this commentary. I never saw this before. And I've read a lot of stuff about Matthew Henry. Matthew Henry, great Bible commentator. He said when Jesus died, he left a will. He left his soul to the Father. His body to Joseph of Arimathea his clothes to the Roman soldiers, but to his disciples, he left his peace. This peace that we're talking about is an inheritance that belongs to us. 
But what are you going to do about it? See, the stipulation is whose mind is stayed on him. Are we just going to leave tonight and just say, wow, that, that was pretty cool. And then tomorrow, just go, go home tonight and just get right back again and get distracted. What are you going to do? What plan are you going to put into effect to keep the distractions at a minimum? What are you going to do? What are you going to change? What are you going to start tomorrow morning or tonight that's going to cause you to be in position to receive? See, see you can't create this peace. It's like we talked about it. Man-made peace can never measure up to the peace that comes from the presence of God. So what are you going to do? Are you going to go home and just get involved in the same old thing? What, what, how about, how about, if we just took a minute here and just ask the Holy Spirit, show me. Holy Spirit, show me. You are the spirit of grace. You are the spirit of truth. You are the wisdom of God. Show me. Where have I gotten preoccupied? Where have I gotten distracted? Where have I allowed things or other people to take the place of our relationship? He'll show you. He'll show you. David said, you desire truth in the inner parts. For you and I to keep fooling ourselves and just keep doing the same old, same old, and, and peace constantly eluding us, constantly escaping us, is not a good thing. Because there's a world that lives around us that is desperate to experience some kind of stability and some kind of peace. And they're looking for somebody who actually has it genuinely and walks in it. Do you realize that we're going to give an accountability before the Father in heaven? For this peace. Because this peace speaks loud. I remember many, many years ago when my wife and I were in bankruptcy. Just going into bankruptcy, going to lose everything. Lose the business, lose the properties, lose cars, lose everything. And a very close family member said, called me up and said, I don't know how you're doing this. I, I, I would have I just, I think I would have blown my brains out by now. And I said, truthfully, if I didn't know in whom I believe, I would have been there already. But I know him. And I know that he's got a plan. And I know that this is a bump in the road. And I know we're going to be okay. But, but, but you lost this. And yeah, it, 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 Jesus went to the cross naked. He took nothing with him except us. He really was stripped of everything. We see these pictures and you know, he's got the cute little loincloth, that's not the way it was. The Romans did everything possible to humiliate their victims. And so here he is paraded through the streets completely naked. He took nothing with him except those nails and that, and that crossbar. So, so, if, so what if you lose? They could take everything from you, but they can't take him unless you let him go. And some of you are in those kind of positions where you may lose 
some things. I know we don't like to hear this kind of message. No, no, I got the victory. Well, maybe that victory is you tapping into a peace that you never experienced before. Maybe that victory is having a relationship with him and hearing his voice like you never heard before. Maybe that's the victory. <laughs> but you're looking at cheap things. Trying to hold on to. And the more you try to hold on to, the less peace you will walk in. Be willing to walk away from whatever is necessary to experience that peace. Amen? Amen. Amen. You glad you came out tonight? Yes. Stand up. Father, you are the God of peace. You are the originator. It starts with you and it finishes with you. And so we thank you tonight, Father. That even from the beginning of the service, Lord God, you brought peace into the households of families that are under attack. We're walking away here tonight different. We're not carrying the stress of those things. Now, Father, I pray on behalf of all of us here that the light of the Holy Ghost would come in and just do an inventory check on us, Father, and cause each and every one of us in this room to have an honest self-examination and be honest about it and that we would, Father, be willing to do whatever you recommend, Lord God, whatever you require. We know you're doing it for our sake, Lord. You're not doing it for yours. You desire for us to walk in that kind of peace. You desire for us to have our minds stayed upon you, Father, because in that place is where stability is. And so tonight, Lord, we open our hearts to you. We open our soul to you. Come, point out the things that need to change. Pluck out, Father God, the things that have been taken root. Disconnect, Father. The things in our, in, our, in our mindsets, Lord, that keep us away from you, keep us distracted and keep us out of your peace. Father, we desire to walk in this shalom, this wholeness, this completeness, so that we can bring others into that same state of being. Thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross to make the peace of God available to us. We're grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, before, before you start moving around, is anybody here tonight that you have never in your life taken a step to, as an act of your own will, to ask Jesus Christ to become your Lord, ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior, to receive salvation? It's not something you can earn. It can only be received. And so if that's you, I'm going to ask you, based on everything we talked about tonight, you can never experience the peace of God without being brought into relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's off limits to you until you come into that relationship. And we don't want you to stay outside of that. So, as we're dismissed, if I just described your condition, you've never had the opportunity to receive Jesus for yourself. Or maybe you did years ago and you've gotten off track and you want to make a fresh new commitment. You want to rededicate your life to him tonight. Then please, when everyone else is dismissed, others will be coming up here for prayer. Come up. Tell the person that's standing here, I want to receive Jesus tonight. I want to pray a prayer to ask Jesus to come into my life. You're going to leave this place transformed tonight. Your spirit will go from being dead to being alive unto God. Now you can start experiencing his peace. Amen?
Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.